catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Hey, IDP Army. Ever think about making your own podcast? Let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. And you can make some money with your podcast, too, with no minimum listenership. It's got everything that you need to make a podcast all in one place. So what are you waiting for, IDP Army? Download the free Anchor app and go to anchor.fm to get started today. Hello, hello, hello. It is Billy Mansell at Ombre Vendor on Twitter. Back again. More Dynasty talk. We got the Dynasty Tailgate Podcast brought to you by the Semi-Pro Fantasy Sports Podcast Network. Uh, it's good to talk to you all. National Championship just happened. Um, I need to not date these podcasts as much, but I do need to discuss the national title. It was a lot of good um a lot of good players that played in there a lot of draft eligible a lot of people you're going to be seeing in the first round it's going to be a ton of fun watching them going forward uh the Jamison Williams injury torn ACL middle of the second quarter devastating uh for somebody who relies as much on his speed as Jamison Williams does seeing an injury like that in that game uh it hurts I mean obviously you won't be able to go to the combine this will probably affect his draft status. I mean, I don't know how much at this point, obviously, but I am curious to see how much it's going to hurt him in the long run because each draft spot he goes down, that could cost him over like up to a million dollars. Um, if he was going to go, you know, in the top 10 versus, you know, going in the twenties, you know, that we're talking money involved with that so we'll see how that goes um georgia comes out on top i thought georgia was the best team all season uh defensively that is the best team in college it was the best team in college football one of the best defenses i've ever seen and they proved it because this is what i thought this team was going to do to them in the sec championship it didn't happen quite that way so you know it happened in the national title when it counted and that is all that matters so Today, we're going to do part two of the running backs for Dynasty. So the first podcast, we talked about six or seven names. Um, and I mentioned in that podcast that there was a part two coming because there's a lot more to get through. Um, there's a lot more question marks involved with this group. So that's why I have them kind of bunched up and I got to get through a lot of them because um, they're not as, you know, they're not a Brees Hall. They're not. You know, any guys at the top, Isaiah Spillers, Charbonnet, nothing like that. It's nothing that you know for sure is going to be good for you going into next year's draft. So we're going to go ahead and get started after we answer this one question. I've picked two, one, and two, four through two, seven. Watching this to see who I should pick. 
I, there's some good names in here and I've already done a mock draft and there's definitely a couple of these names that you're going to be able to get in there. So I'm just going to go ahead and start right at the top, in my opinion, of this group. And that's Mr. Brian Robinson from Alabama. Uh, he's He was good. He, he really came on towards the end of the season. Um, he's not as clear cut and far and away as good as like Najee Harris was in the past. Even, you know, probably not even as good as Damian Harris was when he came out. But he's 6'1", 228 pounds. Uh, this entire season, he had 270 rushes, 1,300 yards, 14 touchdowns on the ground, uh, 4.9 yards per rush, which is solid work. Uh, receiving, not as good, I would say. Uh, 36 receptions, 216 yards, and two touchdowns. It, it's not – I don't really think it was much as that he couldn't do it. It's that they didn't ask him to do it. And that is kind of why you didn't really see that coming out of him as much. Um, I will say in the last three games that mattered for him, SEC Championship, uh, the final game against, I believe it was Auburn, and then the game against, uh, obviously, Georgia, you did get to see him use his pass-catching prowess a lot more, which was something that I think going forward in the next level, I think you can work on that. I don't think he's going to find himself into the second round. I think he's probably the third round of the NFL draft. Um, But I would feel as as comfortable as taking him in the middle of the second round in your upcoming drafts. I think there's a lot of sleeper potential with him. And I think one of these teams that doesn't want to spend a lot of their draft capital on one of the higher guys like Kenneth Walker or one of those guys is going to snag him and put him into a role right away. I'm not saying he's going to get a full – three down workload right away that would be extreme but I I could see him getting you know spelled in on plays and getting a lot of attention that way so I think this could be he could be the steal of the draft um in any of rookie drafts because I don't think he's going to get as much like I don't think he's going to get as much in training camp for example that you expect but I think by the time the season comes around Brian Robinson could be a solid addition to that team All right, moving on. James Cook from Georgia. So, obviously, um, as it's been said many times, this is Dalvin Cook's brother, James Cook. Uh, He was more of the pass-catching back for Georgia. Um, I've kind of liked him a lot this season. Um, I started out the season really liking Zamir White, which is the other – I'm going to talk about him in a second – which is the other uh, running back in that Georgia backfield. But James Cook – I think there's a lot more opportunity for him than there will be for Zamir White. And I just think because he can do a lot more on the field. So James Cook's 5'11", 190. It's not the ideal size for necessarily a three-down back or anything, but he will be a solid pass-catching back. Uh, 113 rushes, 728 yards, seven touchdowns, 6.4 yards per rush. He was a very solid national championship game. He had 67-yard rush that really broke open. For Georgia, it was the longest rush of the entire game. Um, it, he wasn't really used to rush as much as he could have been. He was used a lot more towards the end of the season to do that, and he was a solid player in that. Um, as far as receiving goes, 27 receptions, 284 yards, four touchdowns, which is the solid work. That's what they ask of him to do, and that's what they did. Um, I think given their quarterback situation with Stetson Bennett, I think that you could probably attribute maybe if with a better quarterback, the stats could have been a lot better. Um, 
He's not as good as his brother, Dalvin. I don't want to, you know, we don't need to start off like that, but I will say he is very good and will be very useful at the next level. And I think a team will take him, you know, and I'm still thinking like the fourth round probably for him in the uh, NFL draft and it really will. And I'll say this a million times. It will depending on, it will depend on landing spot for somebody like James cook, because you're simply going to need to see what kind of opportunity he is going to get with whatever team he lands with. Um, and that's just, that's just how it is. It's going to be that way for a lot of these guys. So next up is Zamir white, the other back or the other back in that Georgia backfield, six foot, 215 pounds, um, had 160 rushes, 856 yards, four or nine rushing touchdowns, 5.4 yards per rush. Um, he's a very solid on the ground rusher. Um, he, the the problem with Zamir White was the pass catching. He had nine receptions for 75 yards total for the entire 2021 season. So overall, not that great. Not what you want to really see at the next level. You really want somebody to rush and be good at rushing in the at the next level. So Zamir White, I think, you know. It, it's going to depend on where he lands. It, that's that's all it is. Uh, he had plenty of pop plays this season. Um, he is a very powerful runner, and I think that's what a team that takes him will utilize him for because that's really what he used and is one of his biggest strengths. So um, Zamir White, good running back. Um, I think you could probably get him in the third round of your draft. Um, you know, if he if he lands on a team that already has a running back per se like that, this guy will it'll take a minute uh for him to get involved so uh next one i have on my board kind of a sleeper for me and that's damian pierce from florida um the stats aren't really going to smack you in the mouth but he's five five ten 215 pounds a little bowling ball of a guy 100 rushes 574 yards 13 touchdowns 5.7 yards per rush uh receptions were 19 rush or 19 receptions 200 yards and three touchdowns um this guy's kind of a, a small goal line back uh, is kind of what I project him to be at the next level. He didn't get a ton of work. The Florida offense was a, a hot mess at the end of the season. So or pretty much halfway through pretty much from that Alabama game where they almost won on, he wasn't as productive as you would hope, but he was still good at getting the ball in the end zone, which at the next level, when you're looking for, you know, backs to take late in rookie drafts, uh, a, a player like Damian Pierce, depending again, depending on where they land is a smart move because he is going to have opportunities at the goal line. He's not that tall, but he is very powerful. And that, that is what, you know, you're looking for in a goal line back such as Damian Pierce. Um, the last one I have a graphic for, I got a few more after that, that I'm excited about uh, Kennedy Brooks from Oklahoma. Um, he, he was very good this entire season. Um, I will say Kenny Brooks opted out of 2020. So he is a fifth year running back. Um, sometimes that scares people because uh, you can sometimes get backs that are a lot younger than say a Kennedy Brooks, who's I think he's going to be 24 going into this draft. Um, he's a very well put together back. He's 5'11", 215. Um, he split time with Eric Gray in the Oklahoma backfield, but um, if you follow this podcast long enough, you know, I'm an Oklahoma fan. That offense was horrible this year. I don't know what Lincoln Riley was doing. It seemed like he had half of his head already in 
California and Southern California with USC for most of the season. So we didn't really get to see him uh, do as well as I would hope, because when we did see him pop, if you ever need a game where you're like, I'm not sure about Kennedy Brooks, I need to go check out what he can do. Go check out his game against Texas. He outdueled Bijan Robinson. He was very powerful, very strong, and an all all around the best back in that game. And Bijan Robinson will probably be the number one running back next year. He'll probably be a first round running back. Um, maybe not as high as like Saquon Barkley or people like that, but also I wouldn't be shocked to see it. So to see Kennedy Brooks outduel someone of that caliber, um, Texas was kind of a mess too. So I don't want to make it seem like it's his fault, but. To see him outduel him in that game, it was very cool to see. And I think Kennedy Brooks at the next level, reception-wise, 10 receptions, 77 yards, zero touchdowns. But like I said, um, the offense wasn't really made for him to be the receiving back. They had Eric Gray there, who was mostly the receiving back. Um, and they also just ran like wide receivers out of the backfield too. So it wasn't really like – the offense was not really made for him to be – you know, the primary passing down back out of the backfield. So I will be interested to see what he does at the next level because I am an Oklahoma fan, would love to see him succeed, but I think there is an opportunity for Kennedy Brooks to maybe be, you know, a late round steal for a team. And I want everybody to keep that in mind when they go after somebody in their rookie draft. So after that, I have Rashad White from Arizona. Don't have a cool graphic for him. Um, he only played two years at Arizona State. Yes. So I don't – a lot of people have him going really high in their rookie mock drafts. I've seen it. He's going in the second round of most rookie mocks. He was very good. So he's 6'2", very tall for a running back, 210 pounds, 100, uh, 182 rushes, 1,000 yards, 15 touchdowns. 5.5 yards per rush this season. Uh, 43 receptions, 400 yards, 450 yards receiving, and one touchdown um, through the air. Look, the stats are great. The fact that he's only had wear and tear from two years, also great. And by the way, both seasons that he played, both were comparable, you know, seasons where they were both about 1,000 yards, same amount of rushes, all, you know, about 1,400 yards overall. He was great. I, I just, you know, when you've only played two years of college football, it, it's a little more like hope. But then again, we did see him actually do it in games. So I'm a little nervous about it. But again, I think he's I think by the time this is all said and done, he'll be a second round pick in uh, your rookie drafts as well. So if you have, a you know, the comment earlier with having a second round rookie ready to go having a player like Rashad white available. I think he's going to be a consensus pick for somebody that you could take at that level. I just, I just bear caution because I it makes me nervous when they have, they either play too much like a Trey sermon last year, or they haven't played enough like Rashad white, like something like this. So uh, that scares me a little bit, but we will see where he ends up because that will mean a lot in the long run. Um, the next quarterback running back I have is sincere McCormick from uh, University of Texas, San Antonio. I, I really liked that team this year. They were a lot of fun. Now the competition level 
a lot lower, but that doesn't mean anything for running backs in my opinion. So he's 5'9", 205. I kind of like the size. It's kind of exactly what I would think would be good. Uh, 249 rushes, 1,400 yards, 15 touchdowns, 4.9 yards per rush, uh, 22 receptions, 184 yards, and zero touchdowns receiving. He wasn't a receiving back. He was mainly used to rush out of the backfield. Over 200 rushes in a season is a lot of work. So to be completely honest and fair to him, he did get a lot of work this season. 1,400 yards is good. 4.9 yards per rush leaves something to be desired. Of all the players I've talked about so far, only Brian Robinson has close to that. Brian Robinson did have more rushes than than Sincere McCormick uh, slightly, but not by much. And he did have more yards than Brian Robinson. So, you know, obviously competition level will change the metrics on that a little bit, but sincere McCormick was good, solid. I can see him thriving at the next level. Uh, two more I've got. Next one is Jerion Ely from Ole Miss. Uh, five eight hundred ninety pounds, small little guy. Um, he get suffered an injury at the beginning of the season. Didn't get to come back until midway through. One hundred thirty three rushes, seven hundred seventy yards, five rushing touchdowns, five point eight yards per rush. Uh, 32 receptions, 218 yards, and two touchdowns through the air. So those stats could have been inflated more, to be honest. Um, kind of will depend in the long run. I would like to see a little. I would like like to have seen a little bit more from him. And the fact that he is kind of small concerns me quite a bit. But I don't necessarily think that is something that we can really hold against him. Um, because, you know, he was working with Matt Corral. Matt Corral was a lot of a, a rushing quarterback as well. So a lot of those touches that he may have gotten, and he was also splitting time with another running back too. So don't think we got to see the full, you know, array of what Jaron Ely could do, but I think it was close. It was close to what you would see. Um, and my last running back today is Tyler Algieri. I promise I'm not positive that's how you say that name, but I'm pretty sure it is. 5'11", 220. He was a former linebacker before he decided to become a running back, which I think is pretty cool. That's pretty cool, um, you know, to turn from a linebacker to a running back. And he used every bit of that poundage to get get his will. So 276 rushes, 1,600 yards, 23 touchdowns, 5.8 yards per rush. Uh, he also added 28 yards, uh, 28 receptions for 199 yards, zero reception or zero receiving touchdowns as well. Look, I think this guy is a good call, and I think this guy is going to be good at the next level. I'm not positive how people are viewing him right now. He's not really going that high in any rookie mock drafts I'm looking at, and I don't really see a lot of draft people talking about him any higher than, you know, the. 14th running back in most maybe when he gets to the combine that'll help him out a lot I'm sure he'll need it and I'm sure with him not being a true running back for his entire career and having to switch positions maybe that's scaring a few people off as well but with stats like those and he wasn't playing scrubs BYU played mostly a Pac-12 schedule this year so seeing him able to do that against actual competition in my opinion, that does should give him the benefit of the doubt and be able to prove how good he is at the next level. And I would take him like he, you know, 
depending on how much hype he gets, I think when you do a rookie draft in May or so or after, you might be able to get him in you know the fourth or fifth round because I don't know if anybody's necessarily paying attention, but I'm telling you the stats right now. 279 or 276 rushes, 1,600 yards, 23 touchdowns. That's really good for a college running back, and he was not playing scrubs. It's not like he was playing D2 people. He was playing real, real, you know, defenses, real Pac-12 defenses, and he was solid. So I think he should get the benefit of the doubt. I think we should, you know, have him up there in our rookie drafts. But, again, we'll see. That's all the running backs I have for today. So they're – I've talked about, I don't know, 13 running backs so far. There are some more running backs after that, but the stats don't really lend themselves for me to mention them yet until something tells me otherwise. Uh, A couple of these guys aren't even really getting the love, like Kennedy Brooks not really getting much love right now. Uh, Tyler Algieri that I was talking about, not really any love right now. But I could see further down the line him getting some love, and I can see further down the line maybe that ends up being something or them being someone that you need to know. Um, some people are I'm get, they're getting buzz that I'm not positive about, like Damian Pierce. I think that's a lot of wishful thinking at this point. Uh, that him, it doesn't really jump off the page to me. Um, he was a solid goal line running back, but how does that translate to the next level? It's TBD. So go to comments. Got a couple of comments. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Here's the big board. Uh, Matt Corral, Kenny Pickett, Brees Hall, Isaiah Spiller, Kenneth Walker, Sam Howell, Traylon Burks, Gert Wilson, Malik Willis, Jamison Williams, David Bell, and Zach Charbonnet. Yeah. And then, Puts up the second half, 13, Kyron Williams, 14, George Pickens, 15, Rashad White, 16, Wondell Robinson, 17, Tyler Algieri, 18, Carson Strong, 19, Sky Moore, 20, Jahan Dotson, 21, Chris Olave. You know, it's it's fair. He mentions he's throwing up the big board. It's fair. I It's just I have, I, I have just some issues. Like George Pickens. I think he's gonna couldn't end up being the steal of this draft because he is way better than being the 14th pick. And as far as this year goes for running backs, and I haven't really mentioned this a lot to um, on this one, but I think you can probably trade back if you have a rookie. If you if you have the one or two pick in a dynasty super flex league draft, I know your gut reaction is to go with a quarterback. This year, I would not do that. I would trade that pick away because I think you're going to be able to get either you can get a quarterback that is going to be able to help your team going forward, say like a Kirk Cousins, something, someone around that level um, that you can use right away that will make your team better this next season than drafting a Kenny Pickett or a Matt Corral or one of these guys that it's going to take time. Like last year's draft class was a bunch of quarterbacks that were quote unquote ready to go and they were prepared and they were, you know, put on the field ready. None of these guys are at that level. And I think that they're going to need a lot of time to get used to it. So if, if you, 
you know, I guess if you have the number one pick, that mostly probably means your team stinks and it probably wasn't very good this year or it suffered a lot of injuries, something to that effect. But I, in my, just my opinion, I think this year you trade that pick, maybe get, you know, go after the person that has like the eighth pick or the seventh pick, something like that. Go after one of their quarterbacks packaged with that pick, trade them number one overall, sell them on one of these running backs or sell them on trail on Burks being AJ Brown or sell them on Garrett Wilson being the next Antonio Brown, you know, sands off the field, just on the field with Garrett Wilson, something like that. If you, if you can convince somebody of that, and you could still get a quarterback at eight or so, and it would still mean just as much, in my opinion. Um, we'll see how this the rest of this offseason goes. I just, for dynasty purposes, don't think this, or super flex purposes, just don't think this is the year that you go heavy on quarterback. Although I like Kenny Pickett a lot, and I, I will be interested to see a lot of these guys. I like Matt Corral. Um, Malik Willis needs some work. I'm willing to give him that much. Carson Strong, I think, needs some work as well. A lot of people love Carson Strong, and not yet, not yet for me. Um, I see a thrower, but without being able to scramble, I'm not sure how that's gonna shape up in the next uh round and level uh to the NFL, but we'll see. You know, passer pocket passers used to rule the league. Um, but I think he's less mobile than like a Justin Herbert. And that's concerning to me. So we'll see, but yeah, this dynasty season um, should be fun. Should be a lot of good names coming up in this draft. Um, I kind of tweeted out earlier, my IDP specific names, which I'll get into real quick. Um, Cause we went, I've won through all the running backs that matter at this point. I'll probably mention some more if they pop at, say, the Senior Bowl or the Combine. If there's, like, one running back I haven't talked about that really went off, I'll go back and clean that up later. But I really want to jump into IDP because I haven't talked about them at all. So here's my IDP rookie big board. Um, This is just based off talent right now. This isn't overall. um, Or this isn't how, you know, it might shape up based on landing spot. But I got N'Kobe Dean, one, linebacker from Georgia. Kayvon Thibodeau. Defensive end, Oregon, obviously. Um, I still have him over at Aiden Hutchinson, who I have number three. I just think what you have with Kayvon Thibodeau, you can't teach. Uh, you could teach somebody. Aiden Hutchinson's really good, and he's going to get a lot of tackles. I No doubt he's going to be a tackle machine at the next level. I No doubt about that. I'm not sure that he's a sack guy. He has gotten games where he had a lot of sacks in him, but I don't think that's his game. I think you're going to go after Kayvon Thibodeau because he has the moves to break through the offensive line to get to the quarterback. And he is next miles Garrett. I just, you know, I'll just say it now. I think that's what he is. Um, and by the way, Nicobe Dean. So Roquan Smith also came out of Georgia. I think Nicobe Dean might be better coming out of Georgia than Roquan Smith was when he came out of Georgia. It's a hot take. I understand might be a little uh, frustrating to hear for some people. might be a little bit like, okay, a little recency bias going on. N'Kobe Dean is the truth. That guy, he is short, six foot tall. Not short to some people, but short in terms of linebackers. But I'm going to tell you this. That man 
is really good at line uh, being a linebacker. He can get sacks. He can get tackles. He can go. He can drop into coverage and cover wide receivers. Not even necessarily tight ends like some linebackers. He can t- he can go after wide receivers and cover. He can like watch the quarterback's eyes and spot the ball. There's a lot about Nakobe Dean that's kind of crazy to watch. I think there's some traits of him that could be attributed to people of the past. And I think Nicobe Dean's going to be very special. Sorry, bit of a tangent on to number four safety, Kyle Hamilton. That's just six, four safety. He can run from side to side of the field. You're not going to go wrong with Kyle Hamilton. The first four of this IDP draft are just so solid. Any of those guys, if you took them even in the first round of a super flex draft, I'm talking like 12 picks. If you took Nicobe Dean, Kayvon Thibodeau, Aiden Hutchinson, or Kyle Hamilton, I wouldn't even be mad at you. I think those are all really good players that are going to get a lot of play right away. So after that, linebacker Devin Lloyd, six, uh, defensive tackle Jordan Davis, seven, defensive end George Carl Loftus, uh, eight, linebacker from South Carolina, Kingsley Ingbare, whoops, uh, nine, linebacker Jake Jackson, and 10 is cornerback Derek Stingley Jr. Um Derek Stingley Jr. needs a lot of work still. Um we gotta we have to as a community figure out why in the 2019 team he was able to get six interceptions, be a ball hawk, put him on an island, nobody's catching a ball on him. We gotta know why he went from that to what he's been the last two seasons, which is just average. Just average. And I would like to figure that out as well. Um, but as far as those other names are listed, Jordan Davis, if you have not seen him play, oh my Lord, 330 pounds, and he is probably faster than anybody watching this. I mean, he is so quick when he's bursting through the line, and you just really don't see a 330-pounder move so fluidly. And I don't, I am just feeling sorry for all of the offensive linemen that are going to be lined up across from him because they're going to be in for a long day in the NFL. And I think he is the next defensive tackle to really break through. Normally, you wouldn't go after defensive tackle and these kind of things. But I think, you know, in the vein of some defensive tackles that in the past couple of years have been able to really make strides at that position, I think that you're going to get something like that special with Jordan Davis. Um, Devin Lloyd, I'm going to see him at the senior bowl. I think he's going to be really good at the next level. Can't wait to see. Um, and then the other two Kingsley Ingbari and Drake Jackson, they've kind of been fluid throughout the season of where they're going to land, where they're going to end up. Um, I'm kind of, I wouldn't say off of them, but as far as like, as far as IDP playing goes, I think those guys are going to be a couple where when they, wherever they land, you're going to be safe and knowing that they're going to get a lot of playing time at the next level. So that's my top 10 going into the, that's going to be my top 10 going into the draft. Maybe somebody else is going to pop up there. There's a couple names and especially cornerbacks like sauce Gardner from Cincinnati who I have enjoyed watching. I'm not sure what their IDP value is. I guess we will see, but um, yeah. So I think I'm, I'm interested. I'm ready to go, ready to get into this. So next week I'm going to start breaking down wide receivers again we're gonna go to the second round of wide receivers um there's 
a couple more that I, I was not unable to get into at the next at the first level. So we'll see. But any of the running backs I talked about today, I cannot wait to see where they land because whatever team they end up with is going to get a good player. And I hope that they land somewhere that'll use them correctly. We'll see. So this is Billy Mansell at Umbre Vendor on Twitter at Umbre Vendor pretty much anywhere. Um, like subscribe to this video, please. I would love to see all of those likes, all those subscribes. Um, yeah, vain like that, you know, like seeing stuff. I'm just kidding. It's fine. Uh, we're going to the senior bowl here in about two, three weeks. And that's going to be a lot of fun. Cannot wait to get some videos of these guys to maybe make a video to put on here. I uh, can't wait to maybe interview a couple of them because that would be super cool as well. Um, if you have any questions, anything at all, leave them in the comments of this video at me on Twitter, anything like that. Just come, uh, come say hi. I'm fine with talking anything you want to talk. Let's talk college football. You want to harass me about Oklahoma and the downfall where they might not even be a 25 top 25 team next year. I'll take the slander fine by me, but this is Billy Mansell at on Vendor signing off. Have a good rest of your day.